0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ETECH Leadership Table. This is a podcast where we invite you to pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, and join us as we tackle some remarkable discussions on everything leadership. I'm Melissa Wood. I'm your host. I'm the Dean of Leadership Development at ETECH Global Services. I love sitting around the table. Over my lifetime, I've had some of my most dynamic discussions uh, real discussions over the table. So welcome Patrick Reynolds. Welcome Patrick.
1: Hello, Melissa. And uh, thank you so much for for having me on your podcast. I'm honored that you would, uh, uh, allow me to come onto your podcast and just have a, a really uh, informal discussion uh, around any subject that you would like to have a subject on. I think we're going to be talking about chat today. So I look forward to it. Just
0: so, our pod, just so our podcasters know, we've been begging Patrick to come on this podcast forever, but he's a superstar. So it just takes him a while to, to join the table. But I'm glad you pulled up a chair and you're joining <laughs> the table, the leadership table on podcast. Today, it's all about chat. And, you know, um, Patrick, coined this phrase and I know Jim coined the phrase too but they they came together and coined the phrase chat is
1: where it's at
0: where it's at that's right chat is where it's at so let me tell my tell our listeners our podcasters today a little bit about Patrick just so you guys know he wears that e-tech shirt and he probably has some of the first e-tech shirts that we ever came out with because Patrick joined e-tech in 2000. So, if you're listening to this podcast today, I want you to know it is 2022. So, I'll let you do the math. But Patrick has been with our <laughs> with eTech Tech uh, in, in providing his uh, wisdom and his talents for many years, and I pray it's many years to come. He's made Thanks a, a so huge so investment. For
1: telling everybody how old I am, I, I appreciate
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't talk about in a high school intern program when you started. I could have said that, but you know, so we know. But um. You know, when, when Patrick started, there were 30 team. They started this world of chat is where it's at. He and Jim IU had this wonderful vision together. And um, I know their brains together created this, uh, this chat program for eTech, but they, they launched or built this program with 30 team members. Um, and then now we're over 600 chat alone team members um, across the world. And, Ch- and, and Patrick's response, just so you podcasters know that chat um, has been around for a long time. And I believe that ETAG has um, has got the secret sauce when it comes to chat. We have, we started with over 30 team members. We're now 600 plus team members. So Patrick, you remember those days of just a few chat team members uh, when the world yeah, no, didn't know. <laughs> so absolutely. Uh,
1: I, I, re- I remember, I remember the, the, the early days and I remember actually, so Jim Jim Ayub he and I go a long way back. Uh, so back in 2005, I spent some time in India when he was there running the call centers in India. And so I spent some time over there helping to launch and transition some voice programs. But at that time, Jim was like, Patrick, you know, chat's where it's at. Chat is gonna be kind of the new frontier. And when he came back to the States, um, he really kind of embarked on uh, this challenge to, to really get our customers kind of bought in to kind of this new frontier and being kind of on the the, the tip of the spear, right, and kind of launching chat um, and and being out in front, right, being a a change maker early on, and so we we launched our first programs like in two thousand five two thousand and six uh, timeframe. So we we really started becoming an expert really kind of early on in the process and have seen kind of evolution and the changes that you know chat. And the digital space has you know, kind of gone through over the last uh, several years. Since then,
0: yeah, it's amazing. And now we're, we're, you're you're specifically leading uh, many of our our fronts in the Texas locations, and and the ones that are still in India our two locations in India. You're mm-hmm. you're overseeing all those programs um, with a grad. You know, you're also a graduate locally of SFA. Mm-hmm. I know that you your 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 home is in the Dallas area. I see. I know you want to give an opportunity for Axum Jacks, but just so everybody knows uh podcasters if you've got anybody interested in chat this is the table you want to be at right now so i'll pause a minute you go if anybody has questions about chat or you guys want to get some great wisdom from early experts in the field when i say early experts patrick has said it we launched back in 2005 and became experts um really early in the field so we're gonna we're gonna discuss some things on chat, and you'll want to be at the table for this wonderful topic. So I want to start out with uh, with this kind of question, Patrick. Just shed some light on why customers are demanding live chat and the estimated growth of live chat in the support industry. And then it's kind of a three part question: and how you think live chat has evolved over the years since you said we we started in early 2005.
1: You know, that's that's a great question. And I think really if you if you look at like customer preferences, seventy five percent of people prefer live chat over any other channel when you talk about email or voice, et cetera, right? And I think um, if you look at what's happened over the last couple of, a couple of years, particularly with the pandemic uh, forcing people to really leverage the digital space to uh, do most of their shopping, whether it be grocery shopping or shopping for electronics or clothing, et cetera, I think it's really kind of accelerated, um, you know, people's kind of tilt toward leveraging digital and also getting their questions answered uh, quickly through chat. So, you know, 44% of all my consumers say that having questions answered by a live person during an online purchase is one of the most important features a website can offer, right? So, and I think that's gonna continue to grow. And so 51% of consumers want businesses to be available 24/7. And so, having voice available 24/7 or having email responses 24/7, sometimes is really difficult because it's a it's a one to one ratio. But with chat, you can really be efficient and effective because you can have uh, your agent base take two to three chats at the same time. So, in terms of your cost and expense to you know manage customers and answer their questions, um, it, it really brings a cost effective solution that allows you to be able to meet the needs of the customer in a 24/7 um, world that we live in and a world where consumers want, uh, their questions answered right now. They're, you know, they have everything at their fingertips in a digital world, right? And so, uh, you miss an opportunity. If you don't have resources available to quickly answer consumers questions, then you can potentially lose market share and lose a customer. And so when we look at, uh, also millennials, right, they're going to get, that, that group is going to continue to grow and be be a bigger kind of share of, um, just revenue that's generated. Sixty-three percent of them prefer to have basic customer service um, support queries answered by by live chat. So if you don't have right. live chat, when you talk about millennials, you're going to miss a significant chunk of potential customers if you don't have uh, live chat available. Um, when we talk about like revenue growth, etc., um, you know, really, if you just just look at software. Um, it's expected to generate almost a billion dollars by 2023, just in software. And when you talk about revenue generated, um, you're looking at billions and billions and billions of dollars that are generated uh, through websites, particularly through live chat, where uh, most websites see uh, a 12% increase in conversion rates um, where they have live chat deployed. So it brings a significant value um, uh, to uh, driving revenue but also ensuring that, you know, uh, customers and businesses continue to drive market share.
0: You, I I, I said, if you're sitting at the table with us, I mean, I think he's had like three protein drinks. He is giving you the protein on chat today. I think that's that's very clear. I had, you know, I think I've trained the millennials in the workforce and, but when you said 63 prefer, Mm -hmm. of millennials prefer live chat, um, that's that just astounding to me how you, know, you think about it. That's how they prefer. That means if you do not have that feature available, just like you said, you're going to miss out on a huge portion of your customer base right there. So, no, no, it's absolutely. If, to if, me.
1: if you think about like even just uh, think about any retail store that you go to now, think about Walmart, think about Target, uh, think about stores like IKEA uh, as an example. Right. Many stores are going to where there's like this this really kind of the self-service kind of element to it, where you know you go buy your groceries and in Walmart I just went in the other day and they didn't have any lines open to where someone could check you out. Now Target's a little bit better when it comes to that. Maybe they have like one or two lines, but for the most part, you buy your groceries, you go self-check out. It's kind of you know self-sufficient. And if you think about it, you know that's. Whether we we like it or not, it's going to that in the digital space and also in the retail space where, um, you know, when you go to Ikea, you go around, you find out what you want. You pull the tag and then you go down to the warehouse and you go find the pieces and then you take it home and you put it together yourself. Right. So I I think millennials are kind of used to that. And so a business has to really be able to meet that need in terms of, you know, kind of that self-service, but also having a resource available when they have questions those questions have to be answered quickly. Their expectation is for questions to be answered, you know, in less, in less than a minute. If you don't have resources available, then they're gonna move on to another business that can answer their question, or they may just not even consider your product at all.
0: That's it, it's the resources. You know, I'm getting to where I prefer to have no interaction, like when I go shopping, you know, I mm-hmm. downloaded apps on my phone, and I'm just checking out things I don't even encounter with any, anybody. But you're right, if I have a question about something, I want it, I want it pretty quickly. I believe that's Mm -hmm. why some of these uh, fast food restaurants now have two windows. They want things to be done quickly and and efficiently. So when you bring that up, it makes me think about, there are some key areas where there's a mismatch between what Mm -hmm. the customers desire and what the businesses are able to provide. Um, And tell me how, if live chat is done right, how that helps overcome this. So explain that to our listeners.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, and I think, you know, one of the things that we have to consistently have conversations with some of the, the, the businesses that we uh, help uh, deploy chat is, is n- number one, um, you know, what is your customer base, right? So, as an example, if your customer base kind of trends uh, a little bit older, their expectation is going to be for there to be, you know, more voice available and for someone to talk to, right? Um, so, number one, understanding what your customer base is. But from the agent perspective, understanding what resources that they have available to really completely resolve the customer issue, whatever it may be, whether it's customer service or sales, um, there tends to be this desire to say, okay, uh, we have chat available. Let's put everything toward chat because it's a, it's a cheaper um, channel to, to do business. You can handle two interactions and three interactions. Um, but most often what happens is that the tools aren't really up to par in terms of what the agent has available to them to, to truly be able to help the, the, the consumer resolve whatever their problem is. And So it's twofold. It's making sure that you have the, the digital um, space cared for in terms of like having chat available. But like those back end you know, resources um, for processing or processing in order or answering inquiries, um, the agent that is, that is interacting with the, the consumer needs to have quick access to that information so that they can quickly get the answer back to the customer. because what you, you start to see a degrading in the customer satisfaction scores. So the customer satisfaction scores are amazing when you look at chat compared to voice. It's, it, it tends to be above eighty percent compared to you know between forty and sixty in voice, right? So um, there's there's a real value in having um, the ability to build it to interact with customers through chat. However, you start to see that degrade when your response times exceed 30 seconds. So if your agents don't have the resources available to quickly be able to get the information that they need to respond to the customer appropriately, then you start to see frustration and friction where the the customer gets frustrated and then they abandon. They abandon and then what happens is if if you also have the ability for them to call in, then you have a scenario where they call in. So they've used up your resources in chat And now they're calling in and so if anything your cost is now increased because you use two different resources to answer the question so really the biggest thing is is do you have the right resources and tools available to the agent that is interacting with the end consumer to be able to resolve their questions a hundred percent and it may not necessarily be a hundred percent they are empowered to um to assist the customer
0: yeah and we can we can talk about that in a different uh, podcast. You've really given us some things to really, to really chew on here because um, we spend a lot of time, and I know you've put a lot of effort in to coaching those agents and providing them with the resources. Without going into too much detail, can you kind of give us your tip on the resources that a chat agent would need? Like, what are the what are the biggest things you think a chat agent uh, for any listeners out here that are interested in chat? What is the biggest thing that we've done that maybe our secret sauce in providing our agents with the chat resources?
1: So, I think the biggest thing is, is that making sure that the agents have a voice because your frontline is going to be your best resource for making sure that they have the tools that they need. So, for, for an example, um, you tend to have when you have like a bank of uh, canned responses that tends to be you know, created by a team that's completely separate from the operational team. So there's a lot of legal speak in it. They tend to be uh, kind of lengthy and long. And so what we found value in is, you know, you start with the base, right? But then consistently getting feedback from the agents on, okay, what are your frequently asked questions, right? And making sure that those frequently asked questions, um, those, those chat responses are easy to, for the agents to get to really quickly. So through hotkeys, through um, a kind of redesigning the way that the, the responses are available to the agents within the, the chat platform um, and the console. So making it easy for the agents to get to kind of those frequently asked questions, right, so that they can respond quickly. And then for those more difficult questions, having resources available um, so that they can quickly, you know, you know, type in a question and get to it so that they can find, you know, those resources quickly. You know, one of the valuable things about chat is that in voice, you know, you have to put a customer on mute, right? And say, okay, neighbor or supervisor, can you help me with this? With chat, I mean, you can ask your neighbor or you can ask a supervisor, hey, uh, what's what's the answer to this question? And it happens in real time. So I think there's a lot of value in it. It it creates a sense of team where, you know, teammates helping each other out and it, there tends to be that knowledge base tends to be at the agent level, not saying that leaders aren't needed, um, but the agents are doing it every day, right? And so yeah. being able to leverage your neighbor and you know other people that are on your team to quickly answer customers' questions, I think there's a lot of value in that.
0: Yeah, from a human resources perspective, we talk about uh, employee engagement a lot, right? The ESI. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that actual feedback from our, our frontline level saying, that we have a voice. We have a voice in, in several things in the organization, but we also have a voice in just the basic ability to do our job. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other the other part of that is, would be a lot of people say, Oh, I bet when you have a, uh, a chat center, like if you have a chat center, I know we have lots of work at home, but if you have a chat center, they think it's going to be quiet and all you hear is just mm-hmm. some typing. But that is not the case. Like you hear, Hey, help me here. And, and the agents, like you said, are collaborating. And mm-hmm. I believe it makes just a strong foundation. And you're you're right. It's 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 peer helping peer. And that is our secret sauce. So you heard it here. So take take that protein the sauce. and take take the protein and do what you wish. And so um the other thing I want to talk to you about, and just get some knowledge from you, is um with chat box, they're a trend now, right? How can Absolutely. How, yes. How should companies strike the right balance between the human touch and the chatbots? Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So that, that that's a really, uh, that's a really interesting question. And I think with chatbots, um, you know, technology is evolving, right? And I think yeah. businesses have to proceed with caution because I think what they're trying to do is devote most of their resources to, toward, um, higher value customers. Right. And so, you know, um, they tend to deploy chatbots for like really simple questions or to triage uh, customers, right? So the customers go in, they type in a question and there are these bank of, you know, questions based on keywords where um, the chatbot then responds, right? And so right. I, I think um, there, there can be value in that if it's a very simple proce- process about like, okay, how do I make a return? Or, um, you know, what what's the phone number to, to this? Uh, but when you start to get more complex qu- uh, questions, uh, there can be some frustration at, at the consumer level where they're typing in questions and you know, there may be 10 questions in and a question hasn't been answered and there's not the ability for them to engage a live rep. So there, there has to be a balance between, okay, making sure that you don't engage in like this low hanging fruit that really can self-service so a couple of things, right? When you, when you have the bots available, you need to make sure that your website, like for FAQs and like some of those questions that frequently come up, that consumers have easy access to it. So I've seen websites where they've been not very well designed, where, you know, information is buried and they have to click 10 times to get to information. And so the bot is not gonna help deflect. If anything, it's gonna frustrate the customer more. So it's gotta be kind of a two-pronged approach. Your website has to be designed well. And if you're gonna leverage a bot, it needs to be done in a way where it's really trying to triage a customer, answering like very basic questions. When you start to get into anything that's complex, those, the, the customer then at that point needs to be able to, you know, click a button to say they want a live uh, a live rep, and that needs to be an option so that there's not frustration, right? You know, maybe even have it to where after two or three um, questions and they say, they answer no, that that doesn't answer their question, then it drops them into the queue to where they can actually talk to a live person. So I think. There's a balance, right? Because you don't want to have a scenario where you have agents tied up with like low value customers that just, you know, asking basic questions. Because at the end of the day, it's got to be a revenue generator, right? You've got to be able to drive yeah. conversion rate. You've got to be able to generate incremental revenue, et cetera. So there's, there's definitely a balance. You just have to be careful and understand your customer base and also make sure that you don't frustrate them more. So, and, and then in the, in the future, they don't do business with your brand.
0: You know, this eTech podcast, this leadership table, it's real talk. Like we, we don't talk about things we wish we knew or things that we wish we could do as much as we talk about reality as such. And, and you face these difficulties and these situations that um, where people just try to use the chat box for the chat box for everything. What are we doing different? What is eTech? You know, we we revo- we're revolutionizing chat box and um, live chat. What are we doing in these interactions? Because we, we help handle sales across all sorts of different um, entities. What are we doing different for the landscape? How are we marrying those two?
1: So, you know, one of the things that we like to talk about is um, um, you have to have the right people. Technology is an enabler, but if you don't have the right person uh, sitting behind the desk to, to answer your, cons- uh, your customers' questions, then it's it's gonna fail, right? So you can have the best technology, but if you don't have great people, um, that technology will only take you so far. So I think that's that's one thing that's a differentiator for eTech is that number one, we understand the industry very well, right? And we have great people, and we have a really great training program that really equips our team members to to be able to interact in an authentic way um, when we're talking to, to customers. In addition to that, um, you know, this is a, this is a plug for our eTech Insights team. You know, our eTech Insights team—they they they basically they go through the data and they go through all the interactions and they find these little nuggets of uh, of gold to where it allows our leaders, it allows our directors to be able to okay know that okay this is a particular area that we're struggling in. We need to work with our uh, training and development team to pull our team members in to get you know additional help here and or. Um, we can take that information back to our customer and say, "Hey, this is what your um, this is what your customer base is saying about you. They're frustrated with your your website. They're frustrated with um, the ability to do X, Y, and Z, and or hey, they really they really love this about your brand. You need to do more of this, right? And so, really having a strategic and um, really trusted advisor relationship with our, our customers, where we're taking that data and we're able to have intelligent conversations about, okay, there's all this data that's there, right?" from the consumer from the agent and bringing it together and having really um an intelligent conversation with our agents about where they can improve but also with our customer about the things that are going well and the areas where they can improve and enhance their uh, interactions with their customer base
0: absolutely i'm glad you brought up trusted advisor this our process of having the right people is intentional and our process of giving that information back to our clients, our partners, those we do life with, um, you know, when we, we bring on a new client, we really just start to do life with them. And they depend on us for credibility reliability, and to ensure mm-hmm. that our self orientation, when we talk about being a trusted advisor, it's not about us how much money we can make at that point, giving them mm-hmm. the honest feedback about what their customer base is saying is really something I think sets eTech apart and giving that information from our front line, and then having our team, um, you know, our insights team be able to compile all that information for us is just, you know, I think it's just uh, a, an amazing product that we're able to offer. No plug to us, but I am just saying we do it really well. We do. Yeah, we no, do, no we absolutely,
1: do. we we do it very um, well. And I, you know, the thing, the, the reality is, is that there are a lot of um, businesses like us, right, that are in the BPO industry and yeah. in the contact center space, right, and so. Um, how do we differentiate ourselves in that space, right? Number one, we have great people, um, yep. but also just just making sure that there's a tr- that there's a value proposition beyond just uh, taking the call or taking the chat, right? we're going to bring in that data and that feedback and that trusted advisor relationship, but we're gonna, we're not gonna ever be perfect, right? I don't think anybody can, if they do offer you perfection, then I don't think they're being honest about like, what what, <laughs> yeah. what really happens in, in this space, right? The mistakes are going to be made, but number one, it's being asked about, hey, we have a process for identifying when those mistakes are made and quickly, um, you know, getting that feedback to the, to the team to make sure that we're able to deliver up to their expectations and exceed their expectations, but also, you know, be the value proposition beyond just taking the interaction, right? Like how do we help them gain market share, right? How do we how do we help them take that data that they're getting from their consumers each and every day and do something with that so that they can be that they can be more effective and efficient in how they're using their resources. Yeah. You know, Matt Rocco, our
0: president, he you know, he, he's got a, a great relationship with John Maxwell and he's brought a lot of John's uh, trainings and teachings into our leadership team. And he talks about, Matt talked a lot this, about failing forward. And I can just mm-hmm. say to our listeners and to you, I just wanna remind everyone that Patrick's right, we're gonna fail. And if, if someone's saying they don't make mistakes, uh, be careful, be careful of that. But one thing that, that Matt really instilled in us is failing forward. Failing forward, and what do you think that means when when Matt's talking about failing forward? When you fail, but you fail forward, what do you what do you hear him saying?
1: I hear him saying, uh, understand number one why you failed, right, and what did yeah. what did you from it, right? And so what can we do differently as we move forward to really build on that, right? And that there are there are always lessons in failure, right? Here when you're winning and you're you're doing really well, sometimes you don't uh, you're not aware of some of those risks that may be right in front of you uh, that could quickly take you from winning to 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 losing right so when you fail it's just really just understanding okay number one what happened being honest about what happened and uh, you know as individuals what what part did we play in that failure what can we do differently moving forward and then collectively as a team um, just owning it but then building on that so that we can win moving forward
0: Patrick, you have such amazing wisdom to sit at the table. And as we kind of close, I just want to Now I know you have such passion about leadership and valuing our team members and just being a leader with integrity. But I want to ask you this. This wasn't, um, this is my bonus question. Are you ready for my bonus Bonus question? question. Okay. Why why are you so passionate about this? Why, you've been here since 2000, you started this in 2005. I want people to see and I want them to hear why is Patrick Reynolds so passionate about chat?
1: I love chat because it, it just it allows. I'm a big technology person, right? So I normally have like the latest, you know, iPhone, um, you know, uh, TVs uh, when it comes to technology, and I like to I like the newest the newest things, right? So I'm always like trying new things. So I believe chat is number one, it continues to evolve. And it's something where really, I think we've just, we're at the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to learn and to leverage with chat that even though we've been doing it since 2005, and you know, if you think about the 17 years, right, of experiencing, seeing it evolve, I still think there's so much more to learn and to get better at that that really excites me, right? Figuring out like, okay, we've seen the evolution, and we've built you know, all these things throughout these last 17 years, but there's so much more to learn um, that I, I really, one of the things that I really like that I like about this industry is that we get to work with so many different brands and companies that you're always learning and you're always figuring out new and different ways to do things. And so um, it keeps it fresh. It keeps you on your toes. It keeps you uh, learning. And that's really exciting is that uh, even though I have 17 years of experience in chat, I know that there, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I have so much more to learn, and that's exciting. I, I love to I love to learn, and I love to to solve problems, and so that's exciting.
0: This is why we've been able to play in this field so successfully, because you're not afraid to fail forward. And you're also not afraid um, to really be creative and try just unique things because you know that the world, you know, is just so vast of opportunities out there. So thank you it's, for it's joining us. Yeah, it is interesting, and it's, I and I it's, know it's that you and I know you have the latest and greatest of everything, and that's why you make you you make sure that uh, that, that our team members have the latest and greatest of everything. So thank you know. for joining us at the table. This has been a wonderful chat no pun intended, on everything chat <laughs> uh, for E-Tech. But thank you very much for the table, podcasters. If, you, ha- you. if you have no information about chat, let them listen to this podcast, share it, and we'll bring Patrick on next time. And we'll answer some of your questions. If you have questions, send us those questions this way, and we'll make sure that when we all come back together and sit at the leadership table, we discuss everything leadership, everything E-Tech. Thank you. Until next time, enjoy your day.